Good afternoon and welcome to the business community on Calon FM. And it's lovely because we're in the studio live for the first time in a few weeks and I feel a little bit giddy with excitement. Contain yourself, contain yourself, it'll all be all <laughs> So right. giddy, we're going to start the conversation. This week's topical discussion is about corporate awards, honours, badges of honour, gongs, that sort of thing. See, we, it doesn't get much more exciting than the ISO accreditation. <laughs> right, Calm yourself, tumbleweed. <laughs> However, yes, we are going to start talking about, um, well, I'm going to start the discussion about uh, ISO standards. So um, ISO was uh, an organisation founded um, answering a fundamental question, according to their website, which is what's the best way of doing this? And it started with obvious things like weights and measures. But over 50 years, it's developed into um, a family of standards covering everything as it's unbelievable the number of international standards there are i've already told you heather so i can't make you guess can i but it's 22,172 international standards covering everything from technology manufacturing shoe sizes weights and measures etc etc so the website is actually quite interesting if like me you like that sort of thing it's iso.org and um, it can help uh, any business, and I think it, it, it depends, you have to choose the right one. Some businesses, it's pretty much expected that you will have those standards. Others, you can get to build confidence um, that your products or your services are safe for your customers to prove that you're meeting regulation requirements. You can use them to cut costs in the business and you can also use them to access other markets um, around the world. It, it gives that level of uh, international standardisation that some companies may be looking for. Now, some of the ones you might be familiar with, uh, ISO 9001, Heather? That's the one, that's the quality standard. And I've, I've done quite a lot of work with that. Yes. that that's quite a, a popular one. That's uh, quality management. And ISO... 27,001. Oh, I'm not sure. Is that customer service? No, no, it's really important at the moment. Information security management. Ah. Yeah, so if, if you're um, relying on an organisation to look after your data on a computer or to, to provide you with any software services or cloud computing, you, you really want to check out whether they've got ISO 27,001. ISO 14,001, environmental management. Oh, uh, yes. And okay. ISO 26,000 is social responsibility. ISO 31,000 is risk management. And ISO 5,000, 50,001 is energy management. So there are lots and lots of these. And if you're interested, go to their website. The ISO is an independent, non-governmental international organisation and has a membership of 161 national standards bodies. And they're based in Geneva in Switzerland. And if they want to invite me over for a visit, I'm more than happy to go along and see how they do mm, their business. Just check things out, yes. Absolutely. It's been going since 1947. And like I say, they've published over 22,000 international standards. So ISO themselves don't provide the certification or um, they, they don't do any of the assessments. But Heather, you said you've been through some... Um, quality standards um, certification yourself and you used an organization called BSI Group? Yeah I um, pr prior to being self-employed I put a business through ISO 9001 which is the quality standard. We use BSI because we wanted there are loads of people who say that they'll get you accreditation but 
you know, it felt a little bit like some of them were basically you just buy a certificate and it yeah. that's not actually, that defeats the whole object of the exercise. But so we use BSI group and they were our assessor and they worked with us pre-assessment to make sure that we knew what we needed to do. And the one thing that I think is really important with these stand, with these standards is that you effectively declare what you do to ensure quality within your organization and then you are assessed against that so sometimes people think oh it's all you know it's all going to be um it's not going to be relevant to my business well no actually you set out your stall as to what you do how you achieve um environmental um uh quality etc and then you are measured against that. So I think that's something that I would just urge everybody to remember. I think one of the big hurdles that, that companies may struggle with is writing their procedures in the first place. Mm. And it may, it may be something that you can't do internally and you need some external consultant mm. to help you yeah. with. But once you've got those procedures in place, as long as you're following them, then you can keep up with the standards. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's the key is if you write a procedure, you've got to do what yeah, you actually exactly. say you're going to so do. Don't, so make the procedure as simple and easy and straightforward forward to follow as possible don't you don't want it to be so onerous that you're going to not not deliver on what you're being audited on so that's um I think that's a biggie really so Heather you looked at investors and people yeah because I'm all about the people in a business so yeah IIP uh it's been running it's fairly new it's been running since 1991 although it seems to have been around forever and it basically defines what it takes to lead support and manage people well for sustainable results um it's based on 27 years of leading practice and it looks at workplace trends essential skills and effective structures required to outperform in any industry so this is about treat your people well, uh, you will you will excel, you will succeed. And one thing that I found that was really interesting, so we see the IIP badge, you know, on the, on the wall in lots of offices. And you might think, oh, well, you know, what's all that about? And we're pretty good, you know, we think we treat our people well, we invest in our people. Where would we even begin? Well, you can go to investorsinpeople.com and you can do an online self-diagnostic. It just takes 10 minutes. And you can start to look at how your organisation measures up because, Really, that will give you a starting point. And if you already think you're doing things well, hey, you probably are. And probably with a bit of fine tuning, uh, you, you, you could get accreditation. And then one of the big, big advantages is that you then can benchmark year on year against how you're improving, how you're, how you're excelling. But also you can start to look at performance within similar organisations. So if you're heavy industry, what does IIP look like there? If you're banking, what does IIP look like there? So it's it's not one size fits all. It's it's relevant to your business sector. So I will put details of that link uh, for the free um, assessment uh, on our website, which is thebusiness.community. The event section of the show, uh, I thought it would be a good idea to stick with the ISO thing theme. So I had a quick look to see what was happening and I found out that there is a conference on the 14th of June in Manchester around ISO 45001 and that is an occupational health and safety management standard which might not be relevant to every business but I think it just demonstrates that there are conferences taking place 
on lots of these different standards. So it gives you an introduction to ISO 45001 and then there are uh, workshops on leadership and culture, worker participation, planning, implementation of how to go through that process. It says that the one day conference is for anybody planning to implement ISO 45001, although I think there would be a big learn for anybody who's looking to go through uh, ISO accreditation. It is um, £175 for BSI members, 350 for non-members, but I think it's um, I think it's it's well worth the visit. If you are an SME or public sector, then it's slightly cheaper, 125 for members and 250 for non-members. So that's in Manchester. Uh, I've found an event that's taking place in Shrewsbury. This is on the 17th of July. This is Tech7 2018 Conference and Exhibition. This is looking at the use of technology uh, and it has quite a range of different speakers, including the Right Honourable Paul Burstow, uh, uh, Adam Greenfield, who's Director of Urban Scale, uh, William McMorran, who is the award uh, MD of award-winning architects, Architectonicus, and others. Uh, it's about listening to senior representatives from government, industry, and third sector bodies. And they say, who should attend? Well, basically everybody, chartered surveyors, uh, social care, green technology, business managers, owners, chief executives, etc. It's a free event that's in Shrewsbury. And then finally, one that's happening up in Manchester again. This is free. It is at the Etihad Stadium on the 19th of July. And this is want to start your own business or become self-employed? A free two day programme designed at giving you the ability to hit the ground running um, and look at how to generate leads, etc. It's run by an organisation called Kickoff in Business. Details of all of these and the, the events that Tracy's going to highlight will be on our website, thebusiness.community. Okay, so I've gone um, for some events that are taking place at what seems to be very busy at the moment, the Wrexham Enterprise Hub. And the one that um, caught my attention first is happening next week on the 6th of June, 9.30 to 1.30. And it's an introduction to preparing your business for collaborative working. It's a half-day workshop targeted at smaller businesses looking to develop knowledge, skills and understanding of collaborative working and to raise awareness of new opportunities for your business. There is uh, links to book this on the Business Wales booking site, which is wales.business-events.org.uk. We'll put the link on our website. Also at the Hub on the 6th, so presumably they've got lots of rooms in the Wrexham Enterprise Hub, is Harry McDermott um, and the workshop is called Finding Your Voice Online. Harry of Reckless promotions will look at how you can be heard over the many voices online and find your unique audience the in-depth session will help you to figure out how to create a unique voice for yourself online making sure that you're connecting with the right audience that's at rex enterprise hub on the 6th of june as well 12 till 2 Again, the booking is through Business Wales. We'll put the link on our website. Then I noticed one which is in keeping with a lot of stuff we've been talking about on the show recently, and that's uh, social entrepreneurship. And there's a, a workshop on the 26th of June, again at the Enterprise Hub, called Starting Well as a Social Entrepreneur. Tuesday, the 26th of June, 5pm to 8.30pm. And if you've got an idea for social change or are thinking of setting up a social enterprise, then this workshop is for you. Um, 
it's uh, organized by an organization called Unlimited, and they say that you will be invited to share your own experiences and ideas as at all of their workshops, apparently. I've never attended one, but um, reading about how they run their workshops, it sounds like it could be a good one. All of those events are free, but you do have to book in advance. And one quick mention for an event that's taking the place uh, in November. I know it's early notice, but um, this looks like a biggie and a good one if you're interested in social enterprise. And that's a social enterprise conference for 2018. It's taking place at the Catherine Finch Centre at Wrexham um, at the Glindo University, 16th of November, 9.30 to 3. The booking is through Eventbrite. And we'll put the link on the website. So far, they've announced speakers as Dr. Sarah Evans from Glinda University, Lisa Marie Brown from Pinkspiration, Jane Ryle from Unlimited and Kelly Davis from Viability. Please do go and check our podcast on the business.community for details and links to all of these. Nobody's perfect, Heather, but we do try to be very good, don't we? So at this part of the show, we're going to review, and I'm going to review an app. Um, it's um, Calendly, and it's something that I've used quite recently. Um, I, I used it a few years ago and, and had reason to use it again um, within the last couple of weeks and thought it was worthy of a mention. So it's a scheduling app at Calendly.com, and it helps you to schedule meetings without the back and forth of emails which I absolutely hate. You try and set a date, somebody can't do it, then somebody else sets another date and blah, blah. And before the end, before you know it, you haven't actually come to an agreement. So on Calendly, you can go in, uh, set yourself up with a free account and you can create some simple rules and then you can let um, people know your availability and your preferences and it will do the work for you. You can attach it to your calendar so that it will put it automatically into your calendar when somebody makes an appointment and then you can pick times and events uh, that suit you. So you can either invite one-to-one individual invitees to individual slots. You can allow groups to book so you can have multiple invitees to schedule on the same slot. You can have a round robin where meetings are automatically distributed amongst multiple team members and you can have collective where you allow invitees to schedule slots with multiple team members it's really useful app i use the free version because all i wanted to do was to set up some interview times we had loads of times available seven people to book interviews with and i just made all the times that were available sent them out an email and said first come first served pick your slot and it was so simple. Uh, people booked in the slot that worked for them around their, their work times and it appeared in my calendar straight away. Loved it. It was absolutely fantastic. There are other scheduling apps available, so um, please do have a look around. But you can use Calendly free for 14 days. And if you like it, you can continue with the basic version or you can upgrade to unlock the full features. One of the things that I really liked is for the free trial, you didn't have to give your credit card. I hate it when that happens. Oh, God, so It relies I. on you having to remember to, to um, cancel. So um, if you're looking to schedule a meeting and uh, interviews, it was perfect for that, so I would highly recommend it. And like I say, look around. There are other apps as well, but that was the one that I used. Another um, tool that I used recently was to organise a team meal so everybody wanting to get together for a Chinese meal, got 15 people. How do you get them all to agree on a date? 
You set up a doodle poll. Have you ever done that, Heather? I've been doodled, but I've never doodled anybody else. <laughs> I love it. So essentially, you, you go on, um, you, set, you set up your poll with a list of options and you send the link to um, the people you want to join in. They don't need to be a member of Doodle. They don't need to have an account, but they can then select an option that they like. So what I put in was a number of dates when we were available could go for a Chinese meal and then everybody voted and we picked the um, most favourite one or the one that most people could do and the MD could do. Ah, yeah. yeah that's that's quite key. Yeah. If everybody could do it apart from the MD, then we might have changed our mind. So it was really good. It doesn't just have to be dates. It can be a, a vote on anything just to get the um, participation from the group. So that's Doodle Poll. That, um, it's on doodle.com. Again, there are probably other polling apps available but that's the one I used and that's the one I liked so Heather you weren't around last week one of the reasons we did a recorded show was that you went gallivanting to a very nice very nice business event tell us about it I did indeed I got on a train went up to Manchester and went to the Financial Times UK business conference Uh, it was looking for opportunities for future growth in the north it was at the principal hotel in Manchester which if you've never been there is beautiful no I don't know the principal Uh, hotel I mean I could have just sat in reception drinking on one of the cosy you know loungy seats it was absolutely as stunning as you normally find you on a Saturday as night as you normally do on a Saturday <laughs> night yes but I there was an opportunity to do this in the day it was um a couple of things really uh I found myself quite apprehensive at going to such a grown-up conference you know sometimes you go to you go to these types of events I was going on my own uh I was going uh obviously as a businesswoman because I wanted to find out more about the issues that that um the northern powerhouse face but I was also going there uh, representing Calon and it reminded me of you know some usually when you go to a conference you go with somebody but actually you have to remember that everybody's there for the same reason there's some networking going on lots of people are on their own so if you are apprehensive um, about walking into a room of suits when you've got uh, red hair and you know funky tights on don't worry you can do it it's all right so once I got over the collie wobbles It was quite a serious conference and some of it was quite dry. So in terms of format, I might have rung the changes a little bit. But I'm going to focus on three speakers who absolutely blew me away. The first one was um, Jürgen Meyer, who is the UK chief executive of Siemens. And he, uh, his energy and his vibrancy and his directness and his sort of down-to-earth approach to business was so refreshing very often you know you talk about people and you see people in business and they're quite stuffy he absolutely blew my mind um i've never seen him speak before apparently he's he has been on Newsnight, um but he is worth googling just to see he he um he didn't use fancy jargon he talked a lot about britain getting our mojo back let's get our mojo back let's look at what um so Siemens they they um automate and innovate in lots of businesses they're actually involved in much many more businesses than we might imagine the rail infrastructure etc but he also then talked about you can use robots in small businesses so for about 14,000 pounds you could effectively use some sort of automation within your organization so he wasn't just talking to the big business guys in the room he was saying look we've all got a part to play so Jürgen Meyer um is somebody to watch out for. I thought he was phenomenal. 
We then had a, a lady, I mean, there were many speakers, but these are the ones that stood out. A lady called Emma Degg, who is the Chief Executive Officer of the Northwest Business Leadership Team. Uh, she was a you know, woman, again, you know, no nonsense, no airs and graces, spoke beautifully about um, what she thought about the responsibility of business leaders in the North and what we can do. But then one quote that I just wrote down uh, was that she put, she was talking about startups versus scale up. You know, we talk a lot about startup businesses. Hang on a minute. Every startup needs to scale up in order to be, otherwise we're just going to have loads of, well, you can't be a startup forever. So she talked about that. And then right at the end, almost as a throwaway remark, she said, um, and as for, somebody asked her a question about um, men and women and and, um, uh, male and female positions on boards, etc. And she said, I've got an answer for this. She said, men, sponsor women to work in business. Just get on with it. And I just thought, just in one sentence, right at the end, she she just won me over completely. Just get on with it. I like just that approach. Men, sponsor women, just get on with it. Give women jobs. End of. Thought that was fab. And then finally, um, a guy who was, he's a disruption lead for PwC. And disruption is a big part. Um, AI was a big topic of discussion. Uh, and in fact, PwC have written a, a report um their augment team have written a report about the future of artificial intelligence. I will put a link to that on our on our podcast. But the speaker, and he only had 10 minutes and I wish he'd had half an hour, um, was a guy called Leo Johnson. And I didn't even know until after the event when I was speaking to somebody that he is brother of Boris Johnson. But don't let that put you off or put you in, in sway you in any way. He was fantastic. He co-presents the Radio 4 show Future Proofing and he was talking oh, I know that show I Do didn't realise that was Boris Johnson no I didn't I mean then. now I look at the picture it's blooming obvious but at the time he was just some sort of bumbling um, uh, speaker uh, but he, he he just really got me thinking about um, automation and he was talking for example um, about driverless cars so he did a straw poll in the room are driverless cars are, f- are going to happen yes 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 they are right okay he said right let's think about that driverless cars what happens to the motorway service stations because suddenly if we've got driverless cars we've got driverless lorries so every lorry that parks up because they need to be w- within their taco hours they're not buying coffee they're not buying pies they're not so you know what do we then do about it yeah. and and he was he was fascinating he was he was fantastic so as an event it was great buzzwords infrastructure skills gap uh not just about skills for now but, but if you want a job for somebody you want to attract them it's not the just the job you're offering them now it's the next job it's the job that their partners will do so that that was a, a biggie as well uh but it it was great some of it was quite dry but actually, it was it was fantastic. So it was a high ticket price event. Yes. Would you say it was yeah. worth the money? Well, I mean, it, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. Uh, yeah, possibly. Um, no goodie bag. No goodie bag. No notepad. No mm. mints. No pens. There were some PWC pens on the oh. table, but um, that isn't one actually. That's somebody else. Um, but it, I might have liked a little bit more. But the food was great, the venue was great, and there were lots of things to think about. And I'm just a sole trader, so if you are, you know, some of the larger, there were a lot of manufacturing companies there that I was speaking to, um, some startups, but yeah, really. And they run these. This is the first one they've done in Manchester. They do them in London. I guess they'll be rolling in, rolling them out elsewhere. So it was the FT UK Business Conference. 
FT UK Business Conference, one of many conferences that the Financial Times organise all around the country. Greek Cypriot Theo Paphitis is a name known to many of us for his work on Dragon's Den, uh, the programme that equips him to decide whether or not to invest in people's business ideas. He also apparently was former chairman of Millwall Football Club, but that just completely went over the top of my head. Um, he is he is claimed by the Sunday Times rich list to be worth around £286 million and is listed as the 406th richest person in the UK. He, love him or hate him, uh, he, he started off with, with nothing uh, and has worked his way up to his wealth and his status. Uh, he used to own the lingerie brand La Senza, uh, which he sold reportedly for £100 million, which I find incredible. And he now owns stationery chain Ryman. He um, He's an interesting character. Uh, he's written uh, a book about his his journey and you know where he is now. But the thing that most interested me about him, I'm not I'm not his number one fan. I'll be completely straight with you, although I do admire what he's achieved. If you start from nothing, uh, you know, that's 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 amazing. But he's done all of that whilst being dyslexic. And I've always had this fascination with the fact that there's there is a disproportionate number of there are a disproportionate number of dyslexic entrepreneurs compared to uh, successful business uh, chief executives, etc. I think it's about 35% of entrepreneurs are dyslexic, whereas if you go to the boardroom, I think it's one or 2% of people who exist in high profile jobs are dyslexic. So there's something there about the whether it's a coping mechanism, whether it's uh, the, their brain being wired in a different way. But the likes of Richard Branson, Tommy Hilfiger, um, Bill Hewlett from Hewlett Packard, Henry Ford, Jamie Oliver, even Albert Einstein, uh, all Albert Einstein, not a businessman, but l- great creative thinkers who then have the courage to see their convictions move forward. So he's an interesting character um, and, you know, has quite quite a varied uh, business career and there's no denying that he is successful. What did you find out about him, Tracy? What stood out for you? Uh, he called himself a shopkeeper. Um, yeah. So um, on his website, theopafitis.com, it's Theopafitis shopkeeper. Um, that was quite interesting. If you look on his website, there's there's all the background information on him and the timeline of his achievements. However, the thing I was most interested in is, is something I've seen, um, I think it's been going for about eight years or so, is Small Business Sunday, hashtag SBS on Twitter. And each week, Theo rewards a small business that tweet him. And his uh, Twitter name is at Theo Pafitis. And if they can use one tweet to describe their business and it captures his imagination, he will then retweet it. And if you think about the number of followers that he's got, then on a Monday night at 8 p.m., Theo retweets your tweet. You're going to get an awful lot of other people so he's, he's got about half a million followers so not the greatest on, on in the twitter sphere but certainly it provides a massive boost to the businesses that are chosen and uh, you have to make the tweet to him between 5 p.m and 7 p.m on a sunday evening and then like i say he will retweet it on a monday at 8 p.m and so you, you've got your 140 characters um you put in the hashtag sbs 
and you can add a link to your website you can put a photograph on there and you know if you're chosen um then you get invited also to an sbs event mm-hmm. so it's not just the retweet on um every year he hosts an event so the one this year was the 12th of february and it was an event at the icc in birmingham so clearly a lot of people are coming along to yeah. this and uh, it was a full day's event and they were um networking amongst themselves and also getting an opportunity to have a photograph with Theo, which which is good for your own um, news and for your own social media feeds. So that that's the one that I was particularly interested in with him. And he's committed to it. He does it every week. It, it's, it's not flaky. He's been going for eight years and, it, and he's still doing it um, week in, week out. So that that um, that together with perhaps the um, the article that I read from 2013, which said that um, Theo Pafita says his kids won't cope if he doesn't leave them his fortune. Now, that was a headline in the newspaper. He was probably misquoted horrendously. But in contrast to a couple of the business leaders that we've talked about in previous shows, so Anita Roddick and James Dyson, where they very specifically didn't leave their fortunes to their children. Theo's come out on the other side and said he didn't have anything, but he's He's brought his children up with this luxury lifestyle. Why would he not enable them to continue it? So that's a, a different point of view to a couple of other people we've spoken to. But it's his money, his choice. Mm. Um, and why sh- why can he not uh, choose to do that? In fact, I think it was one of his um, big questions on Dragon's Den was, why should I spend my children's inheritance on that? Yep. And you know, if, if they could answer that, then he'd consider investing. Yep. Yeah. Um, anything else, Heather? He um, just on that uh, S Small Business Sunday thing. I think that regardless of, of whether he retweets your tweet or not, if you imagine if you if you follow the hashtag SBS on a Sunday evening, you are going to be engaging with loads of people. So that so that's a little community in itself, and that's a yeah. networking opportunity right from your sofa while you're watching country file or whatever it is you watch on a Sunday evening or listening to Cal on and, FM. And if you follow that hashtag, you get introduced to a load of different businesses yes. that you might be interested yep. in yourself. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He gives some business tips He's, and what he says is our lives are ruled by rules. If you want to play the game, whether it's football, cricket or bridge, you have to learn the rules and you play by them. And he, he's got 12 top tips, but a couple of them are um, learn to let go, know that cash is king, get your staff on board, and capitalise on other people's ideas. You will have ideas within your business. It doesn't always have to be you that has the great ideas. And uh, I, I think that's that sound. I've got a quote from him um, that, um, and I know that you have as well. He says, the thing I preach constantly is do your research, build your knowledge base. Don't just go into business on a whim or a prayer and don't think I'm an entrepreneur. So I have to take risks. Entrepreneurs don't take risks. They take calculated risks and only the good ones. <laughs> it, it would appear that he does preaching quite a bit then, because my quote goes, one of the things I preach. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things I preach to all my staff is never be frightened to make a decision. So there we go. That's Theo Pafitis. And uh, if you've got any suggestions for business leaders or business gurus that you'd like us to look into, then please do let us know. Um, you can 
tweet us. So I'm at Tracy Carriad on Twitter. Heather, what are you? I'm at Salt Solutions UK. But go along to our website, uh, which is the business community. Leave us a comment on the podcast and uh, we'll get back to you and we'll give you a mention in the show in coming weeks. But that's all we've got time for this week. Thank you very much. You've been listening to The Business Community with me, Tracy Jones. And me, Heather Noble. Join us again next week for more news, views and reviews from the world of business.